You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Brie Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about and solving sort of a big <laughs> mystery in the book world. Why books come out on Tuesdays? Have you ever wanted to know? Well, stick around. We are here to, to, to put an end to this to this daunting question. <laughs> the hard-hitting journalism of reading glasses. <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? Um, I just started the new Mona Awad book. Um, oh, I know you were excited about that. I, as some people, uh, uh, Mona Awad wrote a book called Bunny that I really loved a couple of years ago that I suggest to people all the time. And this one, it's I just really love her style of writing. It's really interesting and introspective and weird and unnerving. This one is about a teacher, um, a college professor, and she teaches she's, she teaches theater and she's putting on a Shakespeare play, uh, the Shakespeare play, All's Well That Ends Well. And um, she has like chronic pain. And it's sort of about her just inner monologue because the students are like not that nice. And um, it's all about like how every she's, she feels like a big failure um, in the way that Mona Wad is, it, again, unnerving, almost funny, but mostly Mona just Wad very does not dark. like college. Does not like college. That's a good point. Wow. What happened to you in college? <laughs> um, it just came out. So and I just started reading it. But um, so far. Enjoying it. Love her style of writing. Uh, what What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a book that I was saving for Halloween because we were recording this on the day before Halloween, so mm. it is not. I'm not out of my spooky reading window yet. Uh, it's a book that was one of my most anticipated of the year. It's Rachel Harrison's Cackle. Uh, oh, I, I just out, got this from the library. Uh, it's so good. I'm so excited. It's because we both love The Return so much, her first book, and as soon as I found out that she was writing a book about witches, I just about lost my fucking mind. Uh, and this is like the perfect, even if, so obviously folks are going to be listening to this post-Halloween, but it's still a good November book it's just like a perfect octumnal read it's about this woman and like her life gets totally upended um she you know she gets dumped by her boyfriend that she's been with for a really long time she's just one of normally one of those people that just like always plays it safe um so she ends up moving out of new york and moving upstate to this tiny little like idyllic town and she becomes friends with this woman who is like you know she's just very beautiful and charming and a little maybe she's a little witchy mm. maybe she's a little too good to be true she lives in this big spooky mansion and the main character sort of falls in with her and uh this woman is not everything that she is seems like she is so it's very it's like that perfect mix that she has she does of it being very spooky but also very funny and like she just writes female relationships so so well mm-hmm. uh so again and again it takes place in a, a town in upstate new york there's like leaves and it's just perfectly autumnal it's so good love a book with leaves love a I book love, that's i do got love a book leaves. with leaves <laughs> what's the leaf situation in this book you're recommending are they me? fall or are they too green if they're too green right. don't 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 give me that book <laughs> so that is cackle by rachel harrison and mine's all all's well by mona awad So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sarah writes in with a book tip about book crafting. Some feedback for the multiple listeners who have been advised to recycle their misprints or, or other books which there are some issues. 
book art slash jewelry. If you're crafty, you can do this yourself. But if you're not, you can always find approximately 80 million people you could commission via Etsy who would be glad to recycle your book into some earrings or a nice wall hanging of some sort from one of the Sarah's. Oh, thank you, one of the Sarah's. That actually is a really great idea. What a great use of Etsy. Especially with Christmas coming up. Oh. Uh, Mallory, be we, releasing- we should look into this and get it done and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm crap at making anything as all the people who got their uh, their drawings in their assigned girly drinks can attest. Um, but I would totally do a little book crafting hour. Wow. Uh, see what we could do. Yeah, I'd be into it. Um, Lindsay wrote in with a hot book tip. Wow, 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 hot, wow, book, hot tip. book tip. Uh, hot book tips in the morning with Brian Mallory. <laughs> or in the afternoon, whenever you happen to listen. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to episode 219 where you're, you're answering a listener's question about tracking new book releases. Earlier today, I came across a site... Co- a site called bookhype.com, which appears to be the magic site you were looking for that tracks all or at least most new releases. It lets you filter by genre and age group, and you can set alerts for new releases in a series. It also looks like a nice Goodreads alternative with some pretty serious stats and tracking capabilities. On top of that, the site is woman-owned and operated by a self-described avid reader. I'm super excited to have found it, and it seems like other glassers would be into it as well. Whoa. I'm looking at it right now. It is pretty cool. I can't believe we've never heard of this. Oh, we're going to have to do a review of this. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah, we're yeah. looking at it today, and it has all the books that are coming out today, tomorrow, recently completed series. Oh, interesting. I think our thing was we were like, well, you're not going to ever find something with every book. We, um, we, we, we need to investigate this for book tech. For yeah. Book tech it looks like it has... It, the genres are fantasy, historical, mystery, romance, science fiction, thriller, and young adults. So no nonfiction. No horror. No horror. Great Mallory on unfriendly website. And it looks like it's a lot of um, self-published stuff, which we which is hard to find. It is hard to find a, a, a place to track that stuff. So, yeah, let's review it for the show. Okay, cool. Exciting. And then Shoshana wrote in with a wheelhouse, which is hilarious religious situations. And she uh, she said in the email, like priest daddy. So, you know, this person's definitely got good taste. Uh, <laughs> alternate histories, survival horror, ensemble cast, especially teen girls and women, white people sticking their noses where it doesn't belong. And it's hilarious. <laughs> memoirs from cult survivors and memoirs from badass women. Very good wheelhouse. Nice. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And we do have a couple of bookmarks. Uh, quick reminder again that this month is the Reading Glasses Readathon. It's finally happening. It's Ooh. happening on no- Sunday, November 14th. It uh, starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time and ends at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Get we'll your be books doing- ready. Get all those lists ready. Get ready to read oh, with yeah. us. We're, uh, so there is a, a hashtag for it. It's hashtag RG Readathon. So you can start posting on Instagram the books that you're going to read. Uh, uh, we're going to start starting at nine, uh, at, at like at nine a.m. 
Pacific time, we're going to have a quick Instagram live to start it. We're going to have one midway through and then one at the end. So get your couch, get your snacks, get your drinks, get your stack of books and join us. We're really excited about it. Um, And another bookmark from me, if you are listening to the show, the day it comes out Thursday, November 4th. uh, If you missed my virtual launch, don't worry. I am having another virtual event tonight with the Kansas City Public Library. I'm really, really excited about it. I'm doing, uh, I'm going to be in conversation um, with uh, Kate Stover, who is the uh, head librarian there. She's absolutely incredible. And I am going to be showing some really cool photos, some from the book, some that couldn't make it into the book. Uh, We're just going to be talking about history and research and nonfiction and cocktails and beer and wine. And I'm really, really excited about it. And yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. So before we talk about why books are released on Tuesdays, we're going to take a quick break. This week, Reading Glasses is sponsored in part by my best friends at Soylent. <laughs> Literally, as we are recording this show, I am drinking a Soylent uh, ready-to-drink meal, vanilla flavor, my favorite, that I drink almost every single day. <laughs> I'm not kidding, folks. It is, uh, it, it's like one of the favorite things I've added to my diet. Mm-hmm. And what is Soylent, Mallory? So it is Soylent's the original food tech company, and they make delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. I'm drinking the complete meal, which obviously is my favorite. It's a ready to drink shake. They do have powder formats. I, I like the easiest option, which yeah. is just to open shake, put shake, put shake in mouth. Um, <laughs> uh, and it get, what I love about it is it gives me 20 grams of vegan protein um, because you know I need to get. a a lot of protein every day and it really helps to start my day with that but it's also got 39 essential nutrients healthy fats 400 calories of slower burning carbs it's fantastic they come in a bunch of different great flavors we've tried almost all of them i think they sent us a bunch the chocolate one obviously is a popular one with bria uh but i love the vanilla and uh well they they have a bunch of other really cool products for um they have shakes for energy shakes for protein but bria you really like the little squares yeah they have these little squares that are delicious you can just throw them in your in your purse in your bag uh they're 100 calories each um which is great it's not like you're eating a whole meal it's actually just a snack um and it's great and it's like a little it's a little sweet chocolate square which is great and it's nutritious yeah and it's good for you and so what's what's cool about soylent is it's great for if you're busy which a lot of us are if you're like me and would rather you know dive into the sewer than cook it's quick it's easy it's so much better to have a soylent shake or a soylent square than go with like skip a meal which is what i would normally do right i don't like cooking i don't like eating first thing in the morning and i would just not eat and until uh, you know we have all had that that time where we don't eat because we don't feel like cooking and then around dinner time we're like oh no i have to eat everything in the house (laughs) You can skip all of that with getting with getting some Soylent. It's and it's also um, U.S. grown, sustainable sourced ingredients, which means it's good for you and good for the planet. It's I mean I do it for breakfast, but you could do it for lunch or any time. It is just fantastic. I great addition to my life. So go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. Glasses. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? (laughs) In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced 
are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Who? This week, we're trying to solve a mystery, folks. Why did new books get released on Tuesdays? Who decided that Tuesday was the best day for books to come out? Why not Friday? Why not Monday? And so the big mystery, the truth is, nobody fucking knows. Wow, we really <laughs> we really led you down a path. You thought we were going to solve this problem, and then we didn't, because there's no answer. <laughs> well, we do we do have some theories, but yeah. that's right. No one, not even people in publishing really know for sh- knows for sure why books come out on Tuesdays. And it's been that way since the 1940s or 50s. So again, there's a lot of theories, but it's pretty bonkers that no one knows why books come out on Tuesdays. Yeah, and there was a moment in time when books were released on many days of the week, but that led to a lot of confusion. So uh, now we just do Tuesdays. Um, And why is that? Why is it better? Because it's easier to know when to look for new releases, right? It can help build excitement and anticipation for for books. So Tuesdays is a helpful thing for all of us to have, is what we're saying. We're not arguing against Tuesdays over here. We have no no problem. Yeah, pro-Tuesday. We're pro-Tuesday. Here's some theories, uh, Mallory. You you want to throw a theory out there? Yeah. Uh, so my one theory is that um, so the New York Times bestseller list is supposedly, and you know, if you are interested in uh, stuff about the New York Times bestseller list, please go way back in time, actually several years for when we did a whole episode about bestseller lists and how they're compiled. Um, and the New York Times bestseller list is very sort of infamously mysterious as to what goes on behind the scenes. Um, but it's supposedly compiled on Tuesdays. So if a book comes out on Tuesday, that means it gets a full week of sales giving giving it a better chance of getting on the bestseller list as opposed to a book that would was like if a book came out on another day it would only have a few days worth of sales um to be compiled uh also bookstores compile and report their sales on mondays so tuesday is the first day of new sales right so that's one sort of theory so again also if you start on a tuesday you have the most time to like rack up those sales numbers Mm -hmm. all right so another theory Um, Having books come out on Tuesday gives enough days for shipping, meaning a lot of times they'll arrive on a Monday. So no matter where the bookstore is in the country, they'll be able to have the books on time, uh, on display on in time. So in in theory, that would give them time to order more books for the weekend if the book is selling well, but also just means, you know, you can order it. You know, it ain't going to come on a Sunday. That would be bad. So (laughs) so it'll arrive on a Monday and you can put it out on a Tuesday. Um, And you can also order more before the weekends when all the people come to the store. Yeah, it sort of evens the playing field for bookstores so that it gives bookstores that might be – in a far flung area or having a harder time getting, getting books shipped to them an extra day to have time to put it out on display, to have it um, 
go on sale. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think nowadays, at least having books all come out on the same day, a day that's early in the week, helps publishers track interest in sales. Uh, as authors, it is hammered into our heads that like the first week sales are the most important thing in the world. They're mm-hmm. The holy grail, the all the all the gold at the end of the rainbow is the, <laughs> your first week of sales. Like that is what publishers look at when they're like um like if you want to sell another book the first thing they do is look at your first week sales for your last book wow. um pre-orders 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 that's why pre-orders are so important um so having books all over the country come out on the exact same day helps track that if they were all come sort of coming out willy-nilly it would be much harder for publishers to track the interest and in how that first week did um you know, the sales would be spread out all over the course of a week or a month. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, another theory is that Tuesday is kind of a low-selling day, uh, like this, the low-selling day of the week at bookstores. Um, so having books come out on Tuesday boosts those sales, uh, which I think is actually a very good theory. Um, uh, plus, Tuesday is actually the re- release day for other industries like CDs and DVDs. Um, man, I was just at Disney World, and... It was very busy there. And I was like, oh, because they're having this like Epcot, you know, food thing. They do this big food thing at Epcot. And a lot of people go just for that. And I'm like, Disney has really figured it out. They like looked at their calendar and they were like, you know, October, November, we don't really have like a ton of people because everyone's back in school kind of situation. So we'll do this Epcot thing and it'll bring a whole new crowd of people. And And I feel like this is a similar thing with Tuesdays, with Tuesday sales. They want to jazz up Tuesday, give Tuesday a makeover. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, also, another theory is that there aren't many holidays on Tuesdays. Right. Actually, I can't think of a single Tuesday holiday. Well, sometimes holidays will fall on a Tuesday, but it's not like yeah, a Thanksgiving this, or something where you're going to end up with, you know, it's going to be on a Tuesday. Yeah, there's no, spe- oh, poor, poor Tuesdays. Poor there's Tuesdays. no special Tuesdays on the calendar. Uh, so yeah, it would be a safe day to launch a book. You don't have to worry about Monday holidays, Friday holidays, Thanksgiving. Wow. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whatever the reason, it is pretty fucking wild that there isn't one accepted answer for this. Most publishing people, when you ask them this question, they just say they have no idea, mm-hmm. which is nuts. The way um, things but- are done. Can't wait till someone comes in and shakes up the industry and they're like, I <laughs> am very famous and I will only release my book on Wednesdays. I hate Tuesdays. <laughs> someone comes in and is like, I won't do business with Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> But again, it is good for it's not and we're talking about a lot of this stuff from the publishing side of things. But this it's really good for readers, you know, as uh, as book buyers, we always know what day new books are going to come out. You can plan around it. Um, You can you know, that's if like you want to check out the the hot new releases, you go on a Tuesday or even a Wednesday. Uh, I think this is a good thing. I think having books all come out on the same day every week is, is a positive thing. And I think why not Tuesday? Poor Tuesday. You know, give Tuesday a day to shine. Yeah. Uh, so what? So, folks, what do you think? As a reader, do you like books coming out on Tuesdays? Do you think there's another day that would be better? I, I can't think. I mean, I guess Fridays, but then I feel like some book releases would get sort of uh, swept up in the weekend and might kind no, of. No, Fridays is bad because, like, if you want to bury, like, a news story, you put it out on a Friday. You put it out on like a Friday afternoon because people are just like, I'm already going, I'm already off of work or whatever. So I think Fridays is bad. Maybe a Thursday because then people would have time to go to process that the book came out and go get it. But I think earlier in the week is better, you know? 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very, yeah, I think we are pro Tuesday. So, but folks, uh, send in your theories, your thoughts, maybe an, an alternative day of the week that you would prefer uh, to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And before we solve a reader problem, we're going to take a quick break. Reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by StoryWorth. This holiday season, give your loved ones a gift that makes them feel special and unique, just like the relationship you share. Give them StoryWorth. So folks, you know we love StoryWorth. This is one of our, our favorite sponsors of the show. It is, honestly, I, I, I love this and I think it's the best gift you can get your family members because you don't have to wrap it. You don't have to worry about shipping. And it is so thoughtful. It's a gift that keeps on giving all year long and forever after you get your keepsake book. Um, Bria, you want to tell us how, how StoryWorth works? Yeah. So every week, StoryWorth emails your relative or friend a thought-provoking question of your choice from the vast pool of possible options. And every, each unique prompt asks questions you never thought to ask in life. Like, these are questions that you don't just sit around asking people. Like, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? Or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? Things like that. And you really get to know a person by how they answer. And there are things about, it could be things about their life. And, you know, like maybe that grandparent or somebody in your life who you're like, I don't, I know you, but I don't know, you know, about your college experience. I don't know about whatever. And the, and StoryWorth will get down to those things. You'll find out so much more about this person that you love. And then after a year, StoryWorth combines all of your loved one's stories, including photos, into a beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. I have one of yeah. my mother's. It's so adorable. I love it. Um, it is something I will treasure forever. This is such a wonderful gift. Yeah, we got one of these. We got a story worth for uh, my boyfriend's mom last year. And it has been it, it's been so awesome. It was especially cool because we got it for her during the pandemic. So it was really nice during this time where we like can't travel, can't go see Jeremy's parents uh, to uh to send her this to see the answers as she writes them come in uh jeremy gets to like and if if you don't like the question like it's not like one set of questions that you have to ask you can pick you can customize them and so getting to see jeremy pick out the questions he wants to ask his mom and then seeing the answers as she writes in it's just been great i you know the past year and a half almost two years has been has been tough on families and loved ones and uh finding ways to be close to each other uh, is definitely hard to come by so story worth is just perfect so if you're looking for a great gift this holiday season again it's it's perfect because you don't need to wrap it. You don't need to ship it. It's something that really that, that happens you know, within 24 hours of you getting it. it mm-hmm. It's it's just, it's so thoughtful. It's so great. And again, you get to enjoy it for after you get your book. It's a gift that you get to enjoy for the rest of your life. Um, so with StoryWorth, you are giving a thoughtful, personal gift from the heart in preserving their memories and stories for years to come. All you got to do is go to storyworth.com slash glasses and save $10 on your first purchase. So that's storyworth.com slash glasses to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash Classes. 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 I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. 
Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. (laughs) There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses. Hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Seamus writes in, Dear Bria and Mallory, patron saints of troubled readers, I'm writing to you because your podcast has already been a big help in expanding my TBR pile. However, in pursuit of my expanding reading list, I think I might have stepped away from the path of righteous reading conduct. (laughs) When I started reading this, I was like, did this... Did Seamus murder someone? (laughs) What's going on here? Uh, I hope you and the Glassers can help me do what is right in getting my reading fix. I am a UK citizen currently living in a non-English speaking country where physical books are very expensive and public libraries are rare and very poorly stocked outside of cities. I have been able to get eBooks from the Google Play Store, slightly less evil Amazon alternative for anyone not living in the major English language book markets, but this is still too expensive for all the books I want to read. With the onset of COVID-19, and subsequent cabin fever from being in lockdown, I got really desperate for reading material. I realized that most libraries might be more flexible in their lending procedures, so I started investigating. From my research, I worked out I could actually join some UK libraries online and access their ebook library without having to present a physical ID or confirm US re- or confirm UK residency. So I joined two UK libraries and have been borrowing ebooks and audiobooks regularly from them since the start of the pandemic. This access to literature has helped me deal with these stressful times, but I'm almost certain that what I'm doing is not right and is having a negative impact somewhere else on authors, other library users, local library finances. Please let me know if I'm actually doing something wrong and if I am, how I might atone for my sins. Any advice from you in the classers would be especially helpful to the library community as I'm sure I'm not the only one borrowing books on the down low in this way. Yours gratefully, Seamus. Please only read my name out loud if you think I'm not doing anything wrong or you think I truly deserve to be called out for crimes against reading. <laughs> Bria, <laughs> what, uh, what, what, what do you think's going on with Seamus? Well, little do people know that during the pandemic, Mallory and I went to book seminary school. We, we did. Became very book quick. Priests. It was a, it was a rapid, it was a lightning course. So we are able to give people absolution for their book sins. And Seamus, we will we will both, I believe, grant you absolution for this. Yes. Um, Except instead of like the head, heart, chest, chest, it just we open our hands up wide like we're opening up a book. That's great. That's good. I like that. Um, so, you, yeah, I think you're in the clear here. Um, Many people write into the show who use libraries in cities they do not live in. And here is my theory, okay? If you want to know why I think you're in the clear. Libraries are supposed to provide for their communities. But the word community in this day and age, I think, means something very different than it meant, like, even 50 years ago. um, Because communities are 
are online. I'm part of, obviously, the Los Angeles community, but I'm also part of a writer's community. I'm also part of a horror community. There's just like a lot of, I think community is a much more broader word here. And I think that you are a part of this library's community now. And so if that means you want to give back to this library in some way, donate a little bit of money or... um pump them up on your social media or anything like that to help out this library because you are part of this library. I think uh, this library's community, I think that would be great. I mean, look, would it be better if you could purchase like a hundred books a year? Yes, of course. Like those writers would appreciate that. But at the end of the day, I think these authors want people to read their books. Um, And then maybe talk about those books online or give them good reviews or or, or something like that. But uh, I think they want these books to be read. That is how I feel about my art. I just want them, I want people to just watch my movies. Would I rather you not download them for free? Sure. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of people watched my first movie on Canopy, which is a free service provided by a library. And I'm just happy you're watching it. And, and would it be great if you would talk about it online? Yes. And that's how I feel like a lot of these authors feel. Go talk about it online. Give them good reviews. Again, if you have extra cash one year, donate it to one of these, to one of the libraries that you're using. Or um, maybe go, you know, give a, a donation to a, um, one of the authors that you really loved this year. We can all only do what we can do in our financial situation that we are in. And we need to be realistic about that. And I would never encourage anyone to go buy hundreds of books that they cannot afford. Like, you should yes. not be the old woman who lives in a shoe because if you bought too many <laughs> books, you'll it's be like, an old woman who that, lives in a, in a book. <laughs> remember that meme that was like fa- monthly budget, food, $100, electricity, $100, rent, $500, candles, $2,000. <laughs> Please help me. My family is starving. Like if that's you, but with books, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't, then you need to find, I think that this is great. You found a way to take responsibility for your financial situation, but still read, still read and, uh, and, and do something that you love and support these, these authors. So I think this is great. Uh, you know, you like one of these books, buy one of the books for a friend someday for a gift or something. I don't know. You know what you were doing here. And I think you're being very smart about it. So absolution given you're absolved for me. Mallory, <laughs> how do you uh, feel? Yeah. Seamus, you were absolved. I, w- I want like one of those little priest collars, but instead of just a white area, it's like a little book. Oh, that's cute. I like that idea. I, maybe next year we should be book priests for Halloween. It's a good idea. It's a really good idea. Um, yeah, Seamus, you're totally absolved. This, and from an author standpoint, I'll tell you, this definitely doesn't have a negative impact on authors. As long as you are actually reading the books you check out and not just like letting them sit on your device for the maximum amount of time and then expire, you're not having a negative in- impact anywhere. Libraries are meant to be utilized. Honestly, I wish more people would do this instead of illegally downloaded, illegally downloading books. Uh, I took the Google alerts off of my name because I was so sick of people illegally downloading my books. And I just want to be like, motherfuckers, just get a library card, like, please, because <clears throat> this is the way to go all around because then authors get paid because the libraries buy their books. Library uses, usage goes up so librarians can justify uh, buying more books because they have the numbers to back them up of people checking them out and reading them. Just a win all around. And honestly, as an active library user, I'm going to say right now. I never mind waiting. Like, even if I see a book that I really want to read and I'm like, oh, it's six months. I normally have like 30 other books on my list that I also want to read. It's like a momentary like, oh, man, I'm going to have to wait a while. But there's 
literally thousands of other books that I want to read. Yeah. That is always going to be something else I want to read in the meantime. I'm never like, ah, must be that Seamus again, taking up all <laughs> the books. He doesn't even live around here. Like, no, it's it's fine. Seamus, you're doing great. Don't worry about it. You are not committing li- crimes against the library world. You're not committing r- crimes against the book world. You are doing the best you can and taking care of yourself and supporting authors and libraries. I think you're doing fantastic. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from Emery. I wanted to be one of the many to write in and tell you about how your podcast has positively impacted my life. I didn't read much as a kid. I was raised in a very religious home and was always told to read the Bible, as well as a lot of boring books with religious undertones. And I was told that I wasn't allowed to read the books I wanted to read. So I grew up. So I grew up without that love of books I have now. As I got older, I really wanted to be a reader. I heard people talk about books and love the smell and feel of books, but I had the hardest time finding books I liked and was always scared to start a book because it takes me a long time to finish one. I should have had you read this. I feel like I should pre-scan for y'all's. Let me read this Yeah, why don't you finish it out? Y'all have helped me get in touch with my inner reader. It reintroduced me to audiobooks and taught me about Libby. You helped me realize that if I don't like something, I can put it down and that I always and I can always pick it up again if I choose to. Thank you so much for kindling my love of reading in my adult years. I have so far read 12 books this year. Wow. And it feels wonderful. I think my wheelhouse is quirky, whimsical settings, queer romances, coming of age or anything with an introspective character, and books that focus heavily on character development rather than plot. Recs are always welcome but not required. I saw this and I was like, we got to give Emery a wreck. Yeah, let's give him a wreck. What, what's All your right, wreck? So, what, uh, so my recommendation for this is a book I read earlier this year. It's The Wanderers by Meg Howery. Uh, and I think that I think they'll like this because it's v- a very quirky setting. Uh, one, it's about these three elite astronauts who are chosen for a Mars mission. But before they're allowed to go, they have to spend 18 months in a simulation of that mi- mission. So these three people are literally put in a rocket ship that is sitting in the middle of the desert for 18 months. And they're basically made to do all the things they would normally have to do on a spaceship. Um, and, and the reason I think they would love it is because it's one of those very character heavy books where not a lot happens, but a lot of character development uh, is going on. It's, you know, the book is all focused on these three people. There's this white woman from America, uh, a, a Russian man and a Japanese man. And they're all like, again, the t- tippity top elite astronauts from each of these countries. And as they go, they're stuffed into a tin can together for 18 months. All their baggage and all their emotions and all their family problems uh, that they're all bringing with them into this cramped spaceship. And it is such a good read. It's one of those books that you're like, nothing is happening, but I'm so compelled. I can't stop reading. Uh, and it's, I, I think it's great for someone who loves introspective character development. Um, what do you think they should read? I'm going to recommend the Wayward Children series. Got to do it. It's um, It hits all the boxes. It does. It's whimsical. It's queer. It's coming of age. Um, it's You have to be ready. So I don't know, Emery, how you feel about little a little murder, a little darkness. <laughs> Just a little murder. Just a little murder every, every book or so. Um, but there's a whole series. The first one is Every Heart a Doy, but Doorway. But the idea is that, um, it's John McGuire is the writer. The idea is that... Um, these children, I've talked about it so much on the show, I feel like I'm a broken record over here, but there's a new one coming out in January, by the way, which I'm stoked about, um, uh, which maybe we can get Shauna McGuire on the show, wow, T- 
too, I'd be too starstruck. I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. We've interviewed some pretty big people. Yeah, but this is what I feel like I recommend like every other show. I'm like, it's God, true. check out this series. Anyway, the idea is that it's like similar to like, a, it's a post Narnia book, I'll call it. It's a, It's like basically the children who've gone to like, lie in the witch in the wardrobe type lands or weird lands like they've gone through the mirror they've gone through the looking glass or whatever they come back to the real world and they're like i hate it here i belong in the other world and so they go to this house for these children um and have to deal with it and some of the books take place here in our real world some of them take place in the weird like world ruled by skeletons or made of candy or whatever um and so every so every one of them kind of has like a different protagonist and it's all sort of them figuring themselves out. The last one was all, um, uh, took place in like a horse, horse unicorn kind of world. And it was like a, like a young horse girl. And she, uh, was there and, and, uh, that was trying to figure out, like, they were like, oh, you're the chosen one. And they kept trying to, trying to tell her that. And, uh, it was sort of her dealing with that. And it was interesting. You know, huge, huge lead buried on the Elvira book that she was a horse girl. I'm still listening to the audiobook of, um, uh, Cassandra Peterson's memoir of being Elvira and huge uh, news that she was a horse girl when she grew up. Yeah. Was she a horse girl? Oh, yeah. Because she yeah, like, she talks about yeah. how she was obsessed with horses and rode horses all the time. And all she wanted to do That's was right. read books about horses. And I was like, oh, my God, Elvira was a horse girl. Big horse girl representation. I like that that's the, that it's not that she's been in a queer relationship for the past 20 years. It's that she was a horse she's girl. Been, We're like, big news. Big, <laughs> huge news, folks. Huge news. <laughs> it's good to know that she's like, you know, like she's, she's one of us. She's, uh, you know, one of us, one of us, like kind of a nerd, which is nice <laughs> to know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it sounds like the, the, uh, the Wayward Children series is perfect for this reader. Um, so my again, the my my our recommendations are mine is The Wanderers by Meg Howry. Oh oh, and mine is check out the Wayward Children series. Any any one from that book, but you could uh, that series, but you could start at the beginning uh, by Sean McGuire. Uh, and before we end the episode, I just want to do a quick PSA. I wanted to stick it somewhere else besides the bookmarks in case people uh, miss this. Folks, if there's literally anything that you want to know about this podcast, look in the show notes. I answer emails all the time for people who are looking for things. And I'm like, just look in the show notes. Every single episode we release, there there is its own page for it on the Maximum Fun website. And in I think I know it's an Apple podcast. I don't know if it's on Spotify or anything else. But if you just scroll down, we put a list of all the books we talk about uh all the the links we're talking about all the sponsors the events everything we talk about on the show there is a link to it in the show notes so yeah all you got to do is go to maximumfun.org uh go to the reading glasses page and there is a show note show notes page for literally every episode we've ever done so if you are wondering when a certain event is going to be or uh wondering about a certain book we talked about and maybe you missed the title just go to the show notes page it's all there for you. We've made it very, very easy. Um, so yes, if you want, uh, if you want us to answer your recommendation request, all you got to do is send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember you can buy reading glasses, hats, shirts, totes, stickers that you can laminate into bookmarks, all kinds of really cool stuff in our new ish, been going for like a month or two right 
I guess I can't call it new anymore. I think it's, but it's gone still longer cool. than that. <laughs> wow. I have no concept of time anymore, but it still is really cool. Our collaboration with our friends over at Void Merch. Uh, I, I still, I wear my Libraries Are Fucking Awesome shirt like every week. At we, at, Bria went to my book launch at, at Skylight Books and was wearing her Libraries Are Fucking Awesome shirt. Yeah, I, I was mean, like wearing a, it's like wearing the band shirt to the concert. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so cool. If you're looking for, if you have gla- other glasses in your life and you're looking for a cool Christmas present, Definitely check it out. Again, there's a link in the show notes for that. And if you like the show and you're like, damn, I want to get these ladies something nice that's absolutely free, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you – I don't know. I, I know that you can rate and review things on other podcatchers. I I use Apple Podcasts and iTunes, but um, – it's great for us. It helps us reach more readers and listeners, and it takes you less than a minute to do. It impresses sponsors. It makes us feel very fancy about ourselves, and it's very, very easy for you to do. It means a lot to us. Uh, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. Thanks for reading.